From an Iraq war cover-up to towns ravaged by opioids to the roots of our modern immigration crisis, Embedded explores what's been sealed off and undisclosed. NPR's original investigative podcast reveals why these stories and the people behind them matter. Listen to the Embedded podcast only from NPR. Hello, everyone. This is Democracy Vibe Check. I'm Gabriel Cruz here with my co-hosts Maggie Bell and Cameron Katz. Hey, y'all. Howdy. Hey, Cameron. <laughs> I am over the slander on my pure name. You're not a cowboy. <laughs> I try my best. Not howdy. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to celebrate Civic Season, which unites the United States' newest federal holiday, Juneteenth, with its oldest, the 4th of July, so we can grapple with our nation's promises and practices. And history is the key. Civic Season is all about using our knowledge from the past to power our future. All right, quick rapid fire. What's your civic superpower, and who is an awesome historical figure you share it with? I am an amplifier. And my historical inspo for the week is Dorothea Lange. These photographs are a very close scrutiny of all the things that the human face can reveal, which is the universal language. The same expressions are readable, understandable all over the world. It is the only language that I know communicative thing that is really universal. It's uh, shades of meaning. It's explosions of emotion and passion, all concentrated on just this part of the human anatomy, where a slight twinge of a few muscles is runs the gamut of that person's potential. You know what I mean? That saying it, She's it most well-known for being a photographer during the Great Depression. Her most famous photograph is of Migrant Mother. You've definitely seen it. It's in every textbook when they're talking about the Great Depression. But one thing that she amplified that I didn't know, actually, before working for Made By Us was she did a lot of photography about Japanese-American concentration camps during World War II and help to sort of spread that that form of incarceration was happening. What about you, Maggie? My civic superpower is Defender, and definitely want to shout out one of the uh, local Atlanta organizers and activists, Kiana Jones, who is also a Defender with me. Like Her energy around advocating for our community now has been like super impactful and uh, motivating to me. So shout out to Kiana Jones, who is a Defender that I see today. And I love that we can have a contemporary spin on our civic superpowers. As for me, my nurture superpower is giving Buckminster Fuller. When I was 14, man did get to the North Pole. When I was 16, he got to the South Pole. So impossibles were happening. Like all other little boys, I was making paper darts, which you could make at school. Boys must have been making them for a very long time. And we were hoping we might be able to get to flying. But the parents, your parents say, darling, it's very, very amusing for you to try that, but it's inherently impossible for a man to fly. So when I was seven, the Wright brothers suddenly flew. And I, I'm 
I, my memory is vivid enough of seven to remember that the, for about a year, the engineering societies were trying to prove it was a hoax. It could absolutely impossible for man to do that. So he worked that, with uh, creating patents and creating multiple inventions, and he kept everybody in mind in creating these uh, very effective solutions in his patents. To our listeners, please share your civic superpower with us for our final episode, which will feature your stories. Just click on the Share with Democracy Vibe Check link in the show notes to see all the ways you can add your voice to the conversation. And hopefully you've gathered by now that there are so many ways to use your civic superpower as you discover your story and get involved this civic season. In this episode, we're checking out one of the easiest and most impactful ways to be an active member of your community, volunteering. It's interesting that you said that. Gabriel, because volunteering is where nurturers can really shine. And you're a nurturer. Finally, something I can do. <laughs> you're out in the community meeting all kinds of different people, building bridges, and helping people out. It's the literal manifestation of caring and supporting those around you. As I said, Gabriel, you're a nurturer, so that comes naturally to you. Maggie, what's one way you exercise your nurturing side? Honestly, I love just plugging myself into any opportunity to get involved with the community or like community organizations so whether that's feeding people in the community I have been a part of like building a house before oh <laughs> um wasn't my thing but <laughs> I'm just not like the construction girly you know I, I think that's okay you're not serving okay. construction real Bob the Builder realness I'm not <laughs> I'm not Bob the Builder Bobiana I'm not Bob <laughs> not Bob <laughs> But yeah, I just, any opportunity I see like on social media or if there's like a, a, a text message going around about opportunities to help in my community, I try to just go whenever I can and and just support however I can. I think for me, it takes a different form. You know, as I've said in previous episodes and as I, I guess say to everyone, I'm a writer and I think a lot of what I do, you know, I'm sort of like the go-to editor for my family members. Um, if they got an application, if they're, you know, trying to get a scholarship or apply for a job, they're always texting me, Cameron, can you read my draft? And I am a mean editor. They do know this, but it's okay. They, they're grateful later. And, you know, if you need some inspiration on how you can be more nurturing, we can definitely look to our nurturers in history. One we've already met in episode one was Fred Rogers, who was the host of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. But a couple of our other favorites are Susan LaFleche-Picotti. Um, she was the first Native American physician in the United States, and she traveled on horseback and provided medical care to people living on the reservations where it was very inaccessible. And there was also Pura Belpre. Gabe can do the pronunciation better. Pura Belpre. There you Una go. Como yo. Mm -hmm. And she was a librarian at the New York City Public Library, and she wrote children's books and uh, started a Spanish language story time. Both really amazing women who really helped to nurture their community, both in very different ways, but both very impactful. And like Gabriel said, volunteering can be a really easy and significant way to channel your inner nurturer. Yeah, it can be really significant. When I was in college, I had the opportunity to give back in the community and uh, help teach these middle and high school kids about robotics. It's, robotics was a big part of my life in high school. And it formed a lot of my ideas and helped me shape who I was as a person. And giving back to the community in that way uh, was very 
impactful and significant for me. Maggie, you're always out in the community. What's uh, some impactful ways that you volunteered? Voter registration was a great volunteering experience for me because, one, I mean, I got to understand more about why it's important to register to vote. I got to learn more about voting rights. And, like, now that is my passion. Like, I found my passion through volunteering. And I feel like that's just so beautiful, like, how everything came together. But even today, like, sometimes it doesn't have to be with a a huge well-known organization there are smaller grassroots organizations in my community who want to do voter registration and I'm always available like to throw down with them because sometimes it can be hard to convey the message of why it's important what's going on from just a youthful perspective and like growing up and being in college the people who were doing voter registration like they were just older than me, right? The same thing for like the poll workers, right? They're usually senior citizens and seeing how they could connect to people my age is a little bit different from how I was able to connect with people my age around voter registration. So that was just a great volunteering experience that led me into New Georgia Project and just the work that I do today. Yeah, and I think a lot of people living in Atlanta have just seen firsthand the kind of impact that the volunteers at the New Georgia Project have had on Atlanta, on Georgia, and just getting everybody out there and voting. For me, I volunteered a lot in college. Um, One of the most, I think, impactful experiences I had was at a shelter for women who were victims of human trafficking. We didn't have any, you know, direct contact with the the women and girls who were living there just as a safety precaution. But we did a lot to sort of help clean up the outdoor space. It was just sort of this oasis outdoor space where they had a playground because some of them had young children. They had a basketball court, I think, all of these places for outdoor recreation. It was a beautiful day when we went. They taught us a lot about what the experience is like for these women and just being able to be there and make, you know, some sort of impact to make their transition out of this, you know, horrific thing that happened to them a bit more peaceful was something that really resonated with me. And one thing I just wanted to mention too, related to volunteering that just this topic made me think of is the idea of tikkun olam in Judaism. It translates to repair the world. And that was something that was always big for me in, you know, my childhood is when I went to Sunday school at Temple and everything growing up. We had a mitzvah day every year and a mitzvah is a good deed. And that sort of spirit, I think, I've always just loved the idea of tikkun olam, of just, you know, repairing the world and doing one little mitzvah, one good deed at a time. Volunteering can be a great way to find a connection to your community and make an impact. And who knows? Maybe you can have a great time doing that. After the break, we'll share some inspiration to get you feeling ready to go out and volunteer. Democracy Vibe Check is back. Every episode of Democracy Vibe Check features voices connected to civic season from across the country. Experts, community leaders, and even you. First up, Sheldon Stewart, operations supervisor at the Atlanta Community Food Bank, the largest food bank in Georgia. With the help of volunteers and nonprofit partners, they distribute over 8 million meals each month. 
How's it going? My name is Sheldon Stewart. I'm the Operations Supervisor at the Hunger Action Center at the Atlanta Community Food Bank. Um, a lot of what we do here involves partnering with volunteers and different agencies to come together and help close and bridge that food insecurity gap in Georgia. Volunteers are important to the organization because 95% of the work that gets done in the Hunger Action Center is done by volunteers. So through our different programs, we have our Commodity Supplemental Food Program, packaging senior boxes, that gets done by our volunteers. Uh, sorting through donated products, that gets done by our volunteers. So all of it is done by volunteer work. We've reached our one billionth meal distributed in March, which is amazing. But if you think about it, that means that there's still a large need in our communities and a lot of how we get that done is through volunteer works. Volunteering at the food bank has a great amount of benefits and rewards to it. We take volunteers as young as eight. They have to be accompanied by a chaperone, so it's really never too early to get involved with volunteering. We do have a lot of fun. When we volunteer, we play music, so it doesn't really feel like work. So even though what we're doing is serious business at the end of the day, while we're doing it, it's really, really fun. I mean, me personally, being here for almost two years, I've seen a little bit of everything, and I've heard many, many reasons, and we've had people that started out young uh, volunteering, and they actually came back to work for the organization, or they'll come back and they become donors to the organization because they remember this great experience they had when they were in their early teens. And so we have some volunteers that come from schools like Spelman. They come and they volunteer for whatever organization they have to fulfill volunteer hours for. But after they fulfill their volunteer hours, they continue to come because they enjoy what we do and also they start to help in our process. So it's a lot of volunteers, a core crew of maybe four or five volunteer group leaders. So the more repeat volunteers we get, we can get those volunteers to actually help us break um, the volunteers into groups and sort of teach them what they're doing. So you actually develop another skill set while you're volunteering here. So a lot of the people that we service in our community, they get serviced through different partner agencies. Uh, we wanted to sort of become more directly involved with that, so we opened up community food centers. So we have a community food center in Stone Mountain. We partnered with DoorDash and Amazon Flex to do door-to-door -door deliveries from the actual food bank here. So I personally volunteered at the community food center in Stone Mountain and the level of appreciation that I see on their faces when we're hand-to-hand -hand delivering, it's extremely fulfilling. Um, so some people, they, they need us all the time. Some people need us momentarily. So it doesn't really matter where you are in your life. Everyone benefits, and we don't really ask many questions. How large is your household? Um, do you need a dry box? Do you need a frozen box? You might have to think about paying your light bill, your rent, your car note, or eating. So this allows you to, it's a buffer for some people, and for some people it's a lifeline.
Yes, and thank you so much, Sheldon, from Atlanta Community Food Bank for sharing some insight. Food banks are really gems in the community, um, especially in communities that have less access to healthy and affordable meals. Um, I currently reside in Albany, Georgia, that is considered a food desert. Our city is over 70% black. Um, Our walking rate or rocking grade is four out of 100 And we're considered a low-income community. And so when you come to Albany, Georgia, you see a lot of fast food restaurants. You see a lot of family dollars and Dollar Tree. Um, Not a lot of grocery stores and fresh food markets to match. And, you know, that plays a part in the conversation about health and health care because we don't have access to uh, healthy meals. People see, you know, a spike in diabetes and hypertension heart disease. And so just having organizations who are committed to providing meals um, for free to communities and families who don't have access to fresh food, uh, don't get a healthy meal every single day. Shout out to Atlanta Community Food Bank for real. And these organizations can have such a big impact, especially with the more volunteers that they have. Actually, our producer, Kevin, went down to Uh, the Atlanta Community Food Bank with other staff from WABE and talked with Sheldon. Do you two mind if I ask him a few questions? No. (laughs) Kevin is not the talent. Oh, that's too bad. (laughs) Kevin, what was your experience at the food bank? So it was really good. Um, Like you said, WABE came down for an afternoon. We spent four hours there. They usually do four-hour shifts. And as soon as we got in the door, you know, someone was there to greet us and take us back to the little training area where they show you some videos. And uh, it was just really easy to understand what we were going to be asked to do. And then there was always someone from the food bank there to help if we had any questions. So what we spent the afternoon doing was getting boxes and boxes and boxes of food, just an incredible amount of food brought in on forklifts. And then one portion of the team was opening those boxes, checking Best Buy dates and other things to make sure that these were items that could that the food bank could handle. And then they were passing those on to people who were then sorting them into these bins. And then the other um, group was taking those bins once they filled up and moving them to a different part of the warehouse for later distribution. We also had folks who were breaking down boxes that had been open, like, you know, tearing them all the way down to be recycled. So there was like something for everyone to do, even if you like didn't want to be walking back and forth, carrying jar after jar after jar of whatever you could be breaking down boxes or, or just unboxing stuff. If you're really into those YouTube videos where people unbox stuff, just like imagine that endless, endless unboxing (laughs) of food. So yeah, it was really easy and really fun to do. And didn't take any, like, special skills. Like, I, I was able to go in there and having never been there and just jump right in. You know, all it took was one five-minute video. So from a volunteering perspective, very low uh, barrier to entry. And once, once you get going, it's just a lot of fun. They played music the whole time, so people were dancing as they moved stuff back and forth across the floor. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like a great experience. I think really the only necessary skill you need for volunteering in general is just 
the want to have an impact in your community. And volunteering, too, will have an impact on you. Here's Kate Doak Kessler from Made By Us to share how being a volunteer since childhood has played a major role in her life and career, as well as some tips for finding opportunities near you. My name is Kate Doak Kessler, and I am an amplifier. Uh, Something I've been doing my whole life is using my voice, sometimes appreciated, sometimes less so. (laughs) But it's always been important to me to be really vocal about the things that I believe in, Uh, and not always just, you know, with a microphone in hand or a megaphone at a march, but through the art that I've produced, uh, through the work that I do, just making sure that I'm really intentional about what I say and how I'm communicating my values. And to me, that really plays into my volunteer work. I currently am the Partnerships and Communications Director at Made by Us, and I had a really circuitous route into this job, as many of us in the Gen Z and Millennial age group have. But I All of my work started with nonprofits and volunteer management and working with youth services. And from the beginning, it's a lot of what I've done is in the field of communication. So that's kind of I've honed my amplifier skills through my volunteer work and my professional work. The thing that I found interesting is as I grew up, I realized that there were so many really unique ways to give back through volunteering that people don't always realize It doesn't have to be just showing up at the food bank or uh, doing a donation drive for clothes, the things that we really tend to think of when we think about volunteering. My first really meaningful experience as an adult was I never would have guessed that theater would be the thing that allowed me to give back. I worked with a group. They're called the Sexual Assault Victims Advocates, and they're in Colorado, and they have an outreach program where they go and perform a show about gender norms and domestic violence and sexual assault. And that's all really heavy, but the show had this great balance of moments of complete absurdity when you think about how ridiculous gender norms can be. Um, Laugh out loud. And then some that, you know, you would have the audience in tears. And it was such a ride. And at the end, the audience and the actors all sat down and had this debriefing to talk about how do you take this information, this experience, and use it in your community? I never would have guessed that my love of stage was going to translate into something so powerful. And I think that's such an important thing for people to realize. Whatever your passion, there is some way to harness that in volunteer work. One of the things that's really great about it is not only are you giving back to your community, but it's often a chance to upskill. It's where you can network and make new connections. It's where you can develop a new skill set that you didn't have before. And actually, my my first job out of college that was in a professional office setting, um, I actually worked in construction for a few years. Um, I was a trim carpenter, and I loved that work. But I had the opportunity to go work at my local Girl Scout Council in Colorado with their membership program. And... I didn't meet all of the education requirements they had for the position, but I had so much experience from my time in Girl Scouts and the volunteer work I'd done as a girl uh, that they kind of took a gamble and they hired me, and it ended up being the best decision. That was the start of my entire professional career. I was really lucky to move from there to work with a couple of other well-known nonprofits. Um, I worked with the American Red Cross for a couple of years, but 
even in my time doing professional work, it was my volunteer work that was helping me upskill to move where I am now. Uh, I started doing work with PR and communications as a volunteer, and I found that I really liked what social media could be at its best peak, that it can connect people and spread good information and encourage everyone, build community. And I loved doing that. And I started working on newsletters and, you know, email distro, started small, but eventually I was managing all of the communication calendars for the volunteer organizations locally that I worked with, um, creating materials for membership drives and for donation drives. And from there, I moved into doing communications at a professional level. I don't know that I would have made that shift from membership to communications within my professional work without volunteer work. That was so key for me. It was a safe place to learn. And I was giving back while I was learning, which was really important. The great part about volunteering in 2023 is that we have the internet. <laughs> and so a lot of the time, you know, in the past, you really kind of had to hoof it to find volunteer opportunities. Uh, it was a little more challenging. There's so many ways to look for volunteer opportunities now. And there are a couple of big national networks that gather together resources. Points of Light is a great example. They're actually international now, um, but they started out with giving awards to volunteers and then realized that they could actually help connect volunteers with opportunities, help service organizations that were looking to volunteers to provide better opportunities and support those volunteers. So they're a great place to start. And then look out in your state and local community. Oftentimes there's United Ways. Um, there's usually state-specific organizations that will sort of gather together ways to volunteer, ways to get involved. The other thing that you can always do is if you really start local in your own city, go check out your city council or chamber of commerce websites. Oftentimes they'll have connections to volunteer organizations that can help place you with good opportunities. Take a chance, take a leap, try something new. I think for anyone who has volunteered, the positive impact you're making is made clear almost immediately. Think going to a park or stream and picking up trash. You look back where you just were and you see something that's may have been in pretty bad shape an hour ago, suddenly looks healthy and clean and new. And if you're serving people in your community, they'll often share their thanks with you then and there. So Maggie, what do you get out of volunteering? I truly do enjoy giving back. I think service is just such a beautiful thing that I can be a part of. And I remember when I volunteered with New Georgia Project and we were doing voter registration at a homeless shelter, that exposed me to one it's not easy to get someone to register to vote but two it's like when someone is like their main priority is a roof over their head or finding the next meal it can be difficult to talk about you know the issues that are happening in the community but I can completely empathize with your situation but I also want to take that next step to help you understand why it's important that you um, in your shoes, your perspective, take this to the polls and make sure that you're heard around the issues that help those who are home and secure. And so that was just a beautiful volunteering experience where I was like just completely out of my element. I think that going in, I just wanted to help, you know, and I left feeling like I helped but also I was able to gain some knowledge from this experience. So 10 out of 10 
recommend volunteering wherever, however, whenever you can, because it is an experience where you're able to help people, but you're going to leave the experience like learning something. Yeah, I agree with Maggie. And I think, you know, one thing that volunteering can do is, you know, not only are you making a good impact, but I think it's a good way to broaden your perspective and to interact with other people's lived experiences in a way that you might not get to otherwise. Plus, you can meet like-minded folks who share your passion for making your community better. So as we wrap today's episode, what's one way you're going to practice being a nurturer this week? I'll start with Cameron. You know, I throughout this episode, as we've been talking about volunteering, it's made me realize that I haven't been quite as involved since I've been in college, you know, as I would have liked with the whole recent grad life of getting a job and being an adult and doing all of that. But, you know, I definitely think I'm at a point now where that's something that I would like to be more involved in. And civic season's the perfect time to check it out. So maybe, you know, we'll have a democracy vibe check edition at the food bank. We'll have a team co-host volunteer day. This episode just makes me want to be more involved with volunteering. Like Cameron said, like there are so many opportunities out here to help people in the community through an organization or you can volunteer like just individually on your own. And so like right now I'm just like, okay, where can I find all of these volunteer opportunities? Because I know they are out there and they're waiting for people like you and me. But Gabe, you're the professional nurturer in the building. So guide us with your wisdom. Yeah. Yeah, I am. And I think a lot of a lot of uh, what you said resonates with me. And like Cameron said, you, I've only really had that uh, for a long period of time, that volunteering experience uh, in that robotics um, for middle and high schoolers. So I think reconnecting with those experiences and seeing where I can uh, help the community grow and make a positive impact. Nice. We want to hear from you. Tell us about your superpower. We're collecting stories for our final episode of the season. We want to know how you're using your civic superpower this summer and what your plans are for civic season. Click on the Share with Democracy Vibe Check link in the show notes to see all the ways you can add your voice to the conversation. Next episode, civic season will be underway. We check out how communities across the country are kicking off the season, including the Slice of History Party happening at the Center for Civil and Human Rights this Saturday, June 17th at 6 p.m. And we're going to have free pizza. Pizza, pizza, pizza. And one thing that's very cool about this free pizza related to voting rights, Maggie, is that we're actually working with a organization called Pizza to the Polls. And they send pizzas to long voter lines. So next year, you know, when we're all getting ready to vote and you see a really long voter line, you can call pizza to the polls and help, you know, give the people waiting in line a little pizza party. I'll have them on speed dial. Yes. All right. Cameron has talked about pizza to the polls. I'm hungry. Thank you guys so much for listening. We are about to catch a slice and we hope to catch you next episode. That was perfect. I loved it. It was kind of cheesy. I don't know. Ah! Duh. <laughs> Kevin, we need bloopers. <laughs> Democracy Vibe Check is a co-production of Made by Us and WABE. Our producer is Kevin Rinker, 
Additional producing and editing from Scotty Crow with original music by Matt Owen. To get your civic season started, build your list of activities at thecivicseason.com. And if you want to keep up with all things civic season, be sure to follow at History Made by Us on social media. Special thanks to Caroline Klimanoff, Kate Dote Kessler, Nia Mosby, the 2023 Made by Us Design Fellows, and the Atlanta History Center. For our listeners at home, Kevin was the one who did right that he was not the talent. And we are just the mouthpiece. So if you think that we're being mean to Kevin, it was Kevin who Do wrote that. Do you understand that at this point, this is all just an amorphous blob of audio? And that the one who eventually has control is Kevin. So Kevin is still going to keep true. it in. That's true. Kevin is the puppeteer. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Never gets published. Everybody thinks we're re- mean. <laughs> he wants you all to think he's nice because he volunteers at the food bank. Mm-hmm. But really, he is he is puppeteering us. <laughs> cool. I'm good with that. Um. <laughs>